One of the greatest songs of all time. My opinion. Would you agree? Musicologer Shawnee. Oh, I, I love this song. Sadly, his last song. Sitting on the dock of the bay, the great Otis Redding. Uh, today is the anniversary of when he died in a plane crash. Plane crash, yeah. You remember his song, I've Been Loving You Too Long? Oh, don't even get me started. Oh, man, oh, man. And it makes me, you know, wonder and think, what would, what, what kind of songs, what kind of contributions the great Otis Redding would have made? Had he lived. Had he sure. lived. Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Had, had he lived. Yeah. And this is just so classic. Uh, he recorded this song two days before he died in the plane crash. Oh, was it that soon? Yeah, about wow. that. Wow. Just two days before. It was uh, released, uh, you know, after that. <laughs> yes, yes. That's why we can. It was hear not. Was not released. Record. Was not released before he recorded it. It was really. really. Oh, oh. That would be a pre-release. <laughs> a prequel. A prequel hey, to the, the pre- prequel. Hey, it was released after his death. Of course, it was. Um, and it went uh, number one on the charts, and became the first posthumously released song. To reach the number one spot on the U.S. Oh, it was the first one. First one hmm. ever. Yeah. Okay. I'm Casey Kasem. Keep your feet on the ground. Thank you, Dean Diamond. Should have been number one just based on the whistling. Oh, I love I love any song with whistling. Oh, it's unbelievably good. Who's whistling? Is that you? That was me. Another hidden talent undiscovered. <laughs> you are quite the whistler. Picked it up from my dad. Can you do Flight of the Bumblebee? <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. With some saltine crackers in your mouth? <laughs> and peanut butter? <laughs> no, yeah, with peanut butter and the saltine. <laughs> that would be a good skill. Wonderful. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, sad uh, anniversary, but um, one, I think, worth pointing out. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Otis, yeah. Otis Redding, one of the greatest of all time. My friend has a rare album that was recorded at the Monterey... Uh, jazz and blues festival in the 60s with Otis Redding doing I've Been Loving You Too Long oh. and then oh. then he does Respect by Aretha the Franklin. Aretha Franklin? Mm. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And I think Jimi Hendrix is on that album also. I just can't, I just can't even imagine what kind of music Otis Redding would have given us over the years. Yeah. I think about that. Like people who die too young. How about James Dean? Oh, definitely. What, a, what kind of movie roles would James definitely. Dean had done had he also not been killed in a crash, a car crash? Sure. All different actors, musicians, yeah. whoever they may be. That, yeah, I wonder, like, what would, uh, what, what would Elvis be known as? Mid-80s, maybe? What would Elvis have given us? Hmm. He, was really, he might be almost 90 by now. He was only, like, 40. 42. He, when he was 42. John Lennon. John Lennon. John Lennon was he had just released an album yeah, Double with Fantasy, Double yeah. Fantasy with yeah, Yoko. That was yeah. just a couple of days ago his death anniversary. Yeah. Wasn't it December 8th? Something yeah, like I believe that. So. Yeah. Was uh that, that's one of those <laughs> This is such a weird topic to start the show up. <laughs> hey, let's talk death, <laughs> the death of celebrities. Hey, let's talk death everybody. <laughs>
Um, but I, I, it's one of those deaths I remember exactly where I was when I heard Howard Cosell That's the way. break yeah. the news. Break the news on John Lennon. That yeah. John Lennon had been shot in the streets of New York yeah. and killed. How about Janis Joplin? Oh. Yeah. Hey, speaking of celebrity deaths, <laughs> you know Michael Nesmith You died? said that with so much enthusiasm that's my there. dj voice that's your dj that's is that DJ. your dean diamond voice that's, that's or is that your DJ. casey yeah, voice? that's pretty much my uh, dean diamond okay. voice. okay all right michael nesmith michael nesmith uh from the monkeys from the monkeys also died on this day in 2021 just oh two. yeah right i was gonna say yeah he had just passed two, away a couple of years ago just two years ago he shares a birthday with monkeys bandmate davy jones i never hmm. knew that oh they had the same birthday yeah hmm and do you know uh, what he uh, also is kind of famous for? Well, really, it was his mom. His mom was more famous for, but he was the beneficiary. His mom invented liquid paper. Oh, yeah. yes. Remember right. back in the day? Whiteout, yeah. yeah. The whiteout. While you were, yeah. uh, you know, you're typing on your typewriter. What's a typewriter, Uncle Dean? You have to take out the cartridge and put the other cartridge in. Oh, well, if you were lucky enough to have that fancy yeah, schmancy... The Smith Corona. ...correction yes. uh, ribbon. But uh, I just had the a little bottle... Ah, uh, with a little brush. ...of whiteout. I tried using it on my computer once, <laughs> typing a document, and I realized I had really made a mistake. <laughs> He's probably really serious I painted about that, over, too, by the way. I painted over <laughs> the letter. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good, but it's funny, though. Then I realized, no, no, this isn't a piece of paper. This is a screen. I love liquid paper. I still have white, some liquid liquid paper or whiteout. Whiteout was it? It was both. I think it was both. It's kind of like the Kleenex thing, you know, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think the whiteout was like a trademark, a brand, brand, yeah. brand. Yeah. like uh, like you said, Andy, Kleenex. Yeah, what, 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 what a genius invention, though. But I remember when I would type uh, college papers. Uh, and uh, my my paper looked it looked, like a, it looked like a pizza. It had so much whiteout. I'm, I'm still a terrible typist. <laughs> That's uh, why we have autocorrect on all of these things and all those software these days. You know, See, now they have them in the little plastic things. It's a little, a little strip tape where you can kind of roll the roller over it. Ooh. And it doesn't smudge; it's just tape. Because I, I don't like to write in pencil because it just that sound just drives me crazy. Pencil but on paper, pencil the the lead on the paper oh, drives I can't, you crazy. I can't I can't deal with it. It's like chalk on it's like the oh. nails on a chalkboard kind of thing. We are learning new things about each other. Yeah, today. but the uh, the the pen when you make a mistake, obviously you can't right. erase it. So so you get the you get the little cartridge whitey out thing yeah. thing fits in your hand. So when you were in first grade, second grade, with a pencil and I paper, had, I had, you to, had to sit in the yeah, corner. And, no, I had to gut it out. You know, I had to, that's yeah, that's wow. where I you know learned my traits of just gutting things out. Little, little Andy sitting there with earmuffs on. <laughs> molded, I was molded <laughs> early. Couldn't yeah. hear. But those were the big husky pencils. You know the oh the great oh, big oh, number yeah. two pencils. Those things were yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, Ticonderoga. Oh, the best number two, number two. Richard Pryor also died on this day. <laughs> I don't know why I came across all the deaths of December 10th today. <laughs> and you're laughing about it. Well, it's kind of funny that we're starting a starting show off. Starting the show off this you know, way. An upbeat, on a very somber note. It's supposed to be like, you know, hey, upbeat Sunday morning. Hey, everybody, <laughs> let's have a great day. Here's who died. <laughs> Just came across. Richard Pryor died December 10th, 2005. 
Wow. A long time Peoria, ago. Illinois natives. Peoria, that's right. Exactly. Do you know who Philip McKeon is? Wait a minute. I know that name. I know that name, too. Philip McKeon. Was he... Uh, uh, he was an actor, right? Mm-hmm. In uh, Alice. Andy, look at you. He was what's his, uh, Joe from uh, Facts of Life's uh, brother. He, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Wow, look at yeah. you. All right. Look at you. Nice. Uh, he was Alice's son right. on the TV show Alice, the little blonde-haired kid, mm-hmm. and uh, died in 2019. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be laughing at the the deaths themselves. It's just it's a funny way to start the show. That's all. He was only 55 when he died. Mm. They did, they did not uh, announce the you know why he died, but the cause of death. Uh, and Senator Eugene McCarthy also died. As long as, as, long as we're covering a ball here today, and that's all I have on deaths today. I tried to come up with some Andy Griffith cast members. <clears throat> I couldn't find any that they died passed. on this that, day. That died on this day. No, no. Um. Somebody brought up your obsession with the Andy Griffith show to me this week. Oh, no. They said, what's up with Schwani? I'm sure they did say, what's up with him, yes. I often hear that during the week, what's up with Schwani? <laughs> I hear it about you. But I'm sure you do. And, you know, they're probably legit questions, all of them. Uh, but uh, somebody said, "Why? Well, you know, what's up with your obsession? I said, what's not to be obsessed? It's one of the greatest TV shows of all time. <laughs> I read something And especially online. this time of year, when uh, we were talking last week about... Oh, the Christmas episode. The Christmas with episode. Ben Weaver. With Ben Weaver. Christmas. The, the grouchy ah! guy. The grouchy guy. The mean guy. Uh, I've quoted that to several people. <laughs> Must have been 10 times this week. <laughs> So, what, the Christmas hotline? The, well, just, you know. Oh, the, the show itself. You're talking about, you know, people, we're ta- you start talking about Christmas episodes and Christmas things and that. And then, you know, I bring it up and everybody looks at me like I'm Methuselah. <laughs> <laughs> who's, a, who's Andy Griffith? What's that? I'm getting a lot of that lately. Well, you got, who's Jackie Gleason? Not long ago. Yeah, I did oh, have man. somebody who didn't know who Jackie Gleason was, yeah. So what? So what? How did you answer them? I told them it's the greatest. It's the greatest show ever. One of the greatest TV shows of all time, <laughs> and that you would do yourself a favor by watching it. And then I, I would also, you know, there. Oh, that's before my time. I don't know. And that. So then I throw in. Well, I know who Mozart is. <laughs> yes, right. I, I know Way the work of Beethoven. Time. I know you know the work of Benny Goodman. Mm-hmm. These are all before my time, but I, you know, here, here's an idea: stretch your brain a little bit, learn a little something. This was the this was the pioneering days of sitcom TV. Yeah. You know, couldn't sound more old and grouchy right now. <laughs> <laughs> you kids got to learn a little something and get off my lawn. <laughs> I read something online recently about shows from the '60s that nobody liked, hmm. and. They listed eight or ten shows. And you liked them all. And, uh, yeah, not only that, not only that, you know, the premise of this supposed article was that no one liked them. The shows they named were among the most popular of their time. Right. And Andy Griffith was included in this list. It was in the top ten for every season that it was on. Andy Griffith is timeless. It's timeless. It still holds up today. There are some shows from back in the day 
that uh, do stink. Do you ever watch the Abbott and Costello TV well, show? Well, yeah, that. No. That's a pretty horrible TV show. <laughs> I, I like them in the movies. It did not. They did not translate to television at all. It's, it's painful uh, to watch that. But like, what were some of the other shows on this worst? Well, there was, they actually did list things like My Mother, The Car. That was pretty stupid. <laughs> I'm going to go along with that. I think also, conversely, Dick Van Dyke. Oh, jeez. Now, Please. come on. Classic. You know, things like that. Uh, My Three Sons, that was a popular show. The early episodes. The earlier ones, yeah. The early ones. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I'll have to dig this up, but I, I just was going through some things and then found that and shows that nobody liked and i thought they'd be naming a lot of obscure things that right you know like peter and gladys and uh, stuff like that peter and gladys that was a show you don't know that show peter and gladys peter and gladys who was on it i think it was harry morgan besides peter and gladys (laughs) i think peter uh or harry yeah i think you're right i think you're right harry Harry Morgan. morgan Who was uh, on MASH. A Colonel Potter Colonel on Potter. MASH. Yeah, Colonel Potter. And he was uh, Joe Friday on Dragnet. Right, right. Yep, you lost me. Okay. Could you hold a mirror under Andy's uh, nose just to see if he's oh, still breathing hi, after all this? <laughs> I just zoned out for a second there. <laughs> Andy, do you like Father Knows Best? Uh, my father does know best, yes. He does. That would be with, that, that would be with Dr. Marcus Welby, right? That's right. That's right, yes. Robert Young. M.D. Yeah, Robert Young. I do like that show. They had a good Christmas episode. I don't remember that one. You don't remember that? Their Christmas episode? They had a Christmas episode, yes. No. Okay. (laughs) Can we go back to talking about (laughs) About who died? (laughs) Hey, speaking of Andy Griffith, let's stroll down that old dirt road, Schwanny and me and Andy. I'll come along. Who's going to throw the rock into the lake? Andy's the one uh, that, that throws the rock. Okay. Skips the water skips with the, the rock. Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time once again for America's favorite, the far-flung forecast. Our weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures presented to us each week by the one and only... Dave Gladys and <laughs> Peter and Peter Gladys. and Gla- well, Peter and Gordon <laughs> Schwa, whatever Paul and Mary, whoever it yeah. is Peter <laughs> McCartney. Well, thank you very much for that marvelous introduction, as always. Marvelous. And hello, friends. Get out your compasses and protractors and newfangled GPS devices, because today we are going to New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, New Haven, Connecticut. New Haven, Connecticut, on New Haven Harbor, on the uh, northern shore of Long Island Sound. A pretty good-sized population, actually, 135,000 here. But it dates from the very, very early 1600s when a Dutch explorer named Adrian Bloch uh, noticed uh, the area and explored it a little bit. But we mention New Haven today because it is the birthplace of someone that we lost just this uh, past week here at the age of 101, Norman Milton Lear, born in New Haven, Connecticut in 1922, July of that year. Can I just say what a genius Norman Lear was? An amazing man. Did you ever get to meet him? I interviewed him several times. Okay. A few years ago, maybe five years ago, 
I hosted a Q&A with him at the Music Box Theater. Wow. There was a documentary that had just been put out about his life and career. And uh, they invited me to come and uh, host the Q&A. So, That's great. It's, uh, it's, uh, he, he, was, he is a genius. There will never be another like him. And uh, may I also say, no kinder person, nicer man, more down-to-earth, wonderful person than Norman Lear. I certainly got that impression, that he was just a very down-to-earth, nice person. Yeah. But, uh, Continuing new, our theme of death. Yeah, it follows what we've talked about here. <laughs> <laughs> and so how will we follow this in the next three hours? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, you'll think of something. I'm checking out at 11 today. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, New Haven, Connecticut, though, the birthplace of the great Norman Lear. Cloudy skies there, but they're warmer than we are. It's 55. This particular time slot here on this very program... For, well, at least the last three years, but uh, certainly on a regular basis before that. We've been filled with great information by our pal, Dr. Kevin Most, Central DuPage Hospital, Medical Director, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Uh, Dr. Most joins us, as usual, on the program. Hello there, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Dean. How about yourself? I'm doing very fine, except I have been, I've had mixed feelings about the news that you shared with me earlier this week, uh, that um, I'm, I'm hoping you now will share with our audience as well. Yeah, Dean, I've been blessed. I've been very fortunate to have a long career with not only Northwestern Medicine and Central DuPage, but also with WGN. But after 33 and a half years of, of uh, being with Central DuPage and, and over 20 plus years with WGN, uh, I'm going to retire here. And uh, uh, I don't know whether it's going to be right off into the sunset or whether I'm just going to still continue to have some presence here. But uh, I decided to uh, take the plunge and retire and start to spend a little bit more time with family and friends and um it's uh, bittersweet to me as as much as it is to you Dean. yeah uh you know part of me I, I love quality of life decisions and i know that that's what this is for you to be able to spend uh time with family and friends and step aside and let somebody else take all the responsibility of goes along with uh you know your your medical duties at central dupage hospital so in that sense, uh, I am uh, happy for my friend of all of these years, all of these decades, uh, to be making such a fantastic life decision. But uh, that uh, you will won't you know probably won't be here with us, uh, as you said. Who knows what the future will bring uh, with regard to some kind of presence uh, here on the show? But that you will not be with us here every week. Uh, does make me sad it does make me sad you're not only uh, you know so great at providing fantastic information um, you know helpful useful information to help people live longer and better and you know more more fruitful lives but uh, you could not be more compassionate uh, not only to me but to all of our listeners who call up with you know questions and concerns 
you know, I, I I can't even tell you the number of time I I people tell me all the time. I wish you could be my doctor because <laughs> uh, because of your demeanor and uh, you know the, what you do. So, congratulations on your uh, announcement, and uh, I miss you already. That's all I can say. Well, I appreciate it, and and I've said it, Central DuPage, the last couple of days and weeks that I've been mentioning this is, uh, I came into this with zero friends at WGN and zero friends at CDH, and I'm leaving with thousands of friends from CDH and hundreds of friends from WGN. So um, I, I promise you I will continue to at least be a part of your show when asked, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, Dean. Uh, I have an older brother, Kurt. We were born on the exact same day, two years apart. Really? So June 17th is her birthday, yep. And at the, I was 10, Kurt was 12. My father dropped us off at the golf course to be caddies for the first day. <laughs> and so we uh, started work on the exact same day. Uh, and uh, my brother, Kurt, is going to retire on December 31st as I am. So oh, wow. it, it just kind of lines up. You know, here we are, born on the same day, two years apart started working the same time and ending our careers at the same time. And oh. I tell people I've had two jobs in my life. One is a caddy and one is a doctor. And uh, <laughs> both of them were very enjoyable. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Well, I've said it a million times uh, on the air. I've said it to anyone who will listen to me off the air. There is no better person than Dr. Kevin Most. He is truly an angel walking on this earth, helping other people. Um, you're you're just absolutely the greatest. So th- congratulations again is is all Thank I can you. say. And now let's get to work. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of all this. Let's, yeah. let's get to work. Let's get to work. Uh, I've been reading about um, uh, respiratory uh, illnesses that are like through the roof, not just here in the U.S. All over the world. Uh, is that uh, RS- RSV? Uh, is, is that is that what's going on with with this, or is it something else? Yeah, we're definitely seeing a big spike in RSV. But the other interesting one we're seeing a big spike in is something called mycoplasma. And people are like, oh my gosh, what's mycoplasma? I've never heard of that. But if I said, have you heard of walking pneumonia? People say, oh yes, I've heard of walking pneumonia, and that's what mycoplasma is. And we've definitely seen a big bump in that uh, in China, and certainly here in the United States. As a matter of fact. There's one county in uh, Ohio that's had about 150 cases of pediatric mycoplasm. So certainly that's one that's coming out. Last year we talked about this triple-demic of influenza, COVID, and RSV. And now it looks like we're throwing a fourth one in there, a quad, and that one being mycoplasma. So what is it that people should do to avoid uh, being part of this statistic? Yeah, you know, do all the things that we did during COVID, except we don't have to do it like we did on COVID on steroids, right? But if you're going to be someplace and you're immunocompromised at all, you're going to be around anybody immunocompromised, try to wear a mask. You know, people start to laugh at that and say that's ridiculous. Like we showed exactly how important it is there. Two, I would say wash your hands frequently. And probably one of the most important as we come into the holidays is don't go to an event if you're sick because we know how easy it is to spread these illnesses, and that's why it continues to spread to this day. So so the other thing is, if you start to feel sick, get into your doctor, get into an urgent care, because for almost all of these illnesses, we have something 
that we can treat that with or shorten the duration, whether it be Tamiflu for influenza, antibiotics for mycoplasma, um, you know, and even Paxlovid for COVID. So know that there are things out there that can shorten the duration and make these illnesses a little bit more tolerable. Yeah. Okay. So common sense, especially this time of year uh, when, you know, I, I went to a couple of uh, holiday gatherings uh, this week and everybody wants to hug and everyone wants a little, you know, Christmas kiss and all this and that. And then I'm, I'm like, you know, recoiling. It's like, really, do we have to do that? Can't we just wish each other something from a safe distance? <laughs> that seems, seems yeah. just as heartfelt to me while there are viruses uh, that are running around. So just use some common sense, I guess, right? Is uh, Absolutely. The answer to that. And, and it, if you look right now, you know, uh, counties up here in the, in the northern part of the state are still in low level for for influenza. But if you look across the country, you look in the southeast, neither southern, you need in southern Illinois, you're starting to go see those getting to moderate and high. And it's just like peaking just at the absolute worst time between Christmas and New Year's here, where you know, we're going to start to see more and more cases. So try to stay healthy, try to do what you can, wash your hands frequently, and hopefully you've all been vaccinated. Let us uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, questions uh, for Dr. Kevin Most. Tom, you're on the air with Dr. Kevin Most. Doctor, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your calls. And I just wanted to thank you for saving my wife's life at your hospital. She had uh, cancer and sepsis, and uh, there's there's no better care in uh in the Midwest, and your hospital in in Winfield, it's it's just beautiful. The people care for everyone, and, and it's nice. And also, most important, you took care of Dean when he was sick, because it's it's not Sunday morning without Dean. <laughs> Some people are still holding that against him. <laughs> well, well, they're wrong, Dean. They're wrong. I'm telling you what there there is. I'm I'm so your wife is okay. Uh, everything yes, turned yes. out okay. Oh, that's she, fantastic. Yes, she was there. She was also at Delnor, and uh, she had uh, she had her, her, some treatments there too. But uh, it's it was just wonderful to care of everyone every, from yeah. all the doctors, definitely the nurses, and uh, all the help that that's there. It's it's just marvelous. Yeah, and it's because of you, because of you. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Well, Tom, you, you, Tom, you can see how blessed I have been to spend my time there, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and be surrounded by phenomenal doctors and, and great support. And, and I think you kind of hit it on the head there when you said, hey, the nurses are fantastic. You know, I always oh, say definitely. doctors, doctors write orders, nurses deliver care. And we've been very fortunate to not only have a great, phenomenal medical staff, uh, but also an unbelievable nursing staff. So, I really appreciate the accolades, and I will make sure I share that with the staff. Thank you for the well, call, lovely. Tom, and happy holidays to you. We really appreciate it. Uh, this thank is, you again. Thank you very much. This is Kathy. You're on WGN. Hello. Hi, Dean. Thanks for taking my call. And Dr. Most, I'm a, just a listener, and I just want to say thank you so much for doing this every weekend. And I am going to truly miss you. Um, 
in, similar in a way to a way that I miss my dad. He was uh, a physician and a surgeon, and he passed away about a year ago. And I used to run to him whenever I had any medical issues. And now, you know, I listened, I've been listening to you for quite a while on GN. And so I'll be missing you, and good luck to you. I, I wish you the best in your future endeavors. Um, in the meantime, I do have a question for you. Um, my husband and I had gone to get our RSV vaccinations almost three weeks ago, and I have been okay since, but he has since developed a cough, which would be similar to like a COVID or flu cough, um, and um, it's also stuffed up his ears. So just a couple of days ago, um, we went to see uh, his doctor, and he was um, prescribed the, a cough medicine with codeine to control the cough because he was just not getting and he's really much sleep, um, and he wasn't really, when he would speak, it, it would just bring on a coughing fit. And then in addition, he was prescribed a, um, a methylprednisone to relieve his ear congestion. So now he's able to hear a little bit more. But in the meantime, we were told by her, the doctor, that it's possible it's a side effect from the vaccination, and that she has had several patients come into her with the same symptoms. Is this something you've heard of? Yeah, so a couple of things there. One, uh, the care that you received is fantastic. I'm glad that she didn't rush to put you on an antibiotic. Um, although if this continues, you might want to touch base with her again and see if an antibiotic would be appropriate if it hasn't. But absolutely doing the right things here with the codeine-based cough syrup to really knock down that cough, which allows him to get some rest. And the steroids that strong anti-inflammatory to take down some of that congestion in the nose and actually helps the coughing as well. The side effects from the RSV vaccine is probably one of the biggest concerns that we have, and that's why if you've listened to me subtly during the past couple of months, I've always said talk to your doctor before you get the RSV, where I'm strongly saying go get the, R- go get the COVID and go get influenza because we do know that the side effects are a little bit, um, a little bit stronger with the RSV. That being said, I still find a good place for it because it protects you from the vac- from the virus and also protects you if you're going to be around any young newborns or grandchildren. So, yes, we know that that's a, a side effect from it. Hopefully it'll be short-lived. But we also, you know, we always say, hey, when you hear hoofbeats, we think of horses, not zebras. We have to make sure that we don't have tunnel vision and say this is just due to the vaccine, but your doctor is absolutely right in treating you the way that, that she is. And if it continues, then I would definitely go back and say, hey, is there a possibility this could be mycoplasma because we're seeing a lot of it? And would a course of a Zithromax or a Biaxin um, be appropriate at this time to eliminate that possibility? Okay, that thank helps you. you. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, thank it you. It does. Good luck. Thank you so much. To you and your husband. Happy holidays. Somebody gets the RSV vaccine. Uh, how long does it take until it, you know, it's like in effect? Is this a good time to get it so you're protected for the holidays? Uh, yes. It, it actually, it's interesting the way you asked the question, Dean, because as we've talked about RSV, there is certainly the vaccine that we are giving to adults over the age of 60 to protect them. But then we also have to remember that we're giving this also to individuals who are pregnant. So those individuals, we're going to protect that newborn. So we can't wait till two weeks before you deliver, but certainly in that last couple of weeks before you deliver, we're yeah. going to give you that vaccine to protect your newborn. And then it, people are saying, wait a second, my newborn got a vaccine. And in fact, the RSV vaccine 
or RSV shot, I will say, that we're giving to newborns is essentially antibodies, not a vaccine because their immune system isn't turned on yet, but it's more antibodies to protect them during that vulnerable time before their immune system kicks in at about age 12 months. Yeah, it's so interesting now how uh, attuned we are to side effects to vaccines, you know, how much we've learned over the last few years about uh, all of this and, you know, concerns and questions that we now know that we should ask our uh, physicians. I finally got my COVID uh, booster a couple of weeks ago. I kind of been holding off because I was worried about after effects. Uh, I I, I had a sore arm, of course, like you always do when you get a vaccine, but not a single side effect Besides that, I, I came out of that completely scot-free, so I'm uh, I'm lucky about that. So now I'm going to check with my doctor about uh, RSV, if I should get the RSV. All right, doctor, thank you so much. Dr. Kevin Most is always Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Uh, we've got a couple of more visits between now and the end of the year before he retires. Again, our congratulations. As you can imagine, our text line is flooded with people Uh, saying, you know, thank you for everything that you've uh, given us. We'll miss you, but congratulations. Uh, Chicago loves you, Kevin, and uh, I do too. Thank you, pal. Thanks, Dean. I appreciate our friendship and the opportunity to answer questions and share some thoughts. So you've been a great friend for many decades, and that will continue for sure. Coming up on the program, uh, the Chicago exclusive one-on-one interview with actor Timothy Chalamet. Shwani, you know who he is, don't you? Why, sure. (laughs) You sound like you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy Shalom. I know the name, yes. He was in Dune. He was in lots of... Yes. Good. He's a young young actor. Uh, He plays Willy Wonka in this new movie that's coming out that's simply called Wonka. It's a prequel to uh, the Gene... uh, uh, Wilder. Gene Wilder movie that we all grew up with. So we'll have that interview coming up in a few minutes. I'm going to be reviewing... The Betty Boop musical that just opened in Chicago this past uh, week. So we've got that all coming up and also details on how I am not dead. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping in our theme. Keeping in the theme that we started off so so, uh, jubilantly this morning. This festive time of year. Answering an email uh, about whether or not I am dead. (laughs) I will respond coming up in a moment here. <laughs> I got an email this morning. Yes, explain this, please. Uh, asking if I was dead. <laughs> so let me let me get this right. Somebody emailed you to ask yes, you if you, you were dead? dead. Asking if I was dead. Okay. Yeah. That makes some sense all the way. Well, a couple of weird things on uh, the social media this week. Now, first of all, uh, over at WGN TV, you know, we've been celebrating uh, the 75th anniversary of the TV station. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody in the web department over there. Uh, posted uh, a very nice uh, thing about uh, me reflecting on my time at WGN and the 75-year history of WGN television. But the headline that they put on the social media post is, and I quote, celebrating 75 years of WGN TV with Dean Richards. And it makes it seem like I have been working at WGN. For 75 years. years. For 75 years, which... (laughs) Would would have made my start time prenatal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so way prenatal. That was even before the Dean Diamond years. <laughs> <laughs> so you know a poorly written uh, you know headline, but uh, so many people 
so many people chimed in uh, saying things like uh, that headline makes it sound like you've been WTN for 75 years, uh, and, you know, and, uh, you know, people commenting. But so many nice, uh, also very, very, very nice uh, comments coming out of it as well. A gentleman by the name of Rick writes, Chicago is blessed with many broadcast legends. Dean is in that category. So remember that, Schwanny, next time you get a little snippy with me. <laughs> well, I always remember that. So remember that in five minutes. You, he remembers it and then completely ignores it. <laughs> uh, he said, if you really want to hear the best, listen to the Sunday morning broadcast. Uh, no obvious script. <laughs> few filters. That's an understatement. Absolutely a riot. <laughs> That's the nicest thing somebody That's, can say. That yeah. is a big compliment. That's yes. a huge compliment. It and sure is. Out of that terrible uh you know poorly written headline on the social media post come just one very 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 sweet and nice comment after another so i appreciate all that but uh somebody somebody wrote uh is dean still alive (laughs) (laughs) because they saw uh they saw a post on the internet saying that dean richards was dead and then they put a link to it and there is apparently there's a very famous soccer player uh-huh. in the UK. Oh, are you familiar with I am this not. guy? I'm gonna look him up right now. His he was a very a rugby, fa- rugby player, rugby player yeah. uh, named Dean Richards. Correct. And he died at the age of 36. Uh, so somebody saw that post and thought that I was the one who was dead. Mm. Well, I know that you're not 36. <laughs> Okay, so now there's a there is a Dean Richards uh, rugby player in England who's a little older, but now I'm looking at the the soccer player. Yes, and he uh, did pass away. So there, there were two Dean Richards. Yeah, but this 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 particular Dean Richards, who is a footballer, football passed away on the 26th of February in 2011. Hmm. So let me see what that's all about. <laughs> this is yeah, this is kind of crazy. Yeah, he died in 2011. This is our death at age 36. Yeah. Two weeks before Christmas, and look what we're doing. Here's my advice. Uh, If you ever want to know if I'm dead, (laughs) probably not best to email me and Mm -hmm. ask me that question. Because if indeed I am dead, you're not going to get an answer to your email. That is true. Very true. Schwanny will be the secretary in charge of all matters (laughs) regarding my death from now on. Does that include the pictures? Of the pictures that I have of yes. you? Does that include the pictures? No. Oh, okay. No, I've already arranged for those to be printed I... in the newspaper <laughs> the moment that I pass. My blackmail pictures that I have of you? Yeah. You're in them, too. I am, too. But... You're in them, too. Yeah, but I'll be dead, so it won't make well, any it won't difference. It won't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I'm alive. Uh, wait, hang on. Let me check my pulse. Yeah, I'm alive. And, uh, you know, everything is uh, fine. But thank you for all the uh, very, very nice texts and email this week. So a couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, London, England, you know, over mm-hmm. across the pond, as they say, and uh, had a chance to go to the world premiere of the movie Wonka, the Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory legacy, the Raoul Dahl story uh, that stars Timothy Chalamet. And uh, I uh, sat down one-on-one with the star, and we talked about the making of this movie, and we're going to share that with you. And this 
is uh, Timothy Chalamet singing the famous song that we first heard from Gene Wilder in the uh, Willy and the Wonka, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie that we all grew up with, based on this famous Raoul Dahl uh, story. Johnny Depp remade the movie, uh, and uh, now there is this new version of uh, the legacy that's simply called Wonka. Unlike the Johnny Depp movie, which was, you know, it was dark, and a lot of people didn't care for it. They still like the original better. Unlike that, this new movie is a prequel. It's an origin story. You know, we know the story of the very eccentric chocolate maker, Willy Wonka, and, uh, you know, he's in his uh, secretive uh, chocolate factory, distributes the golden tickets, and uh, it's only a handful of uh, colorful characters are allowed into the factory. Uh, some meet with <laughs> unscrupulous uh, endings. But how did Willy Wonka get to be the way that he is? That's what this new movie is about. It's the prequel, how Willy Wonka came to be. And uh, I was lucky enough to see the movie ahead of time. I was at the world premiere in London, and uh, I just absolutely love this movie. I can't wait for all of you to see it when it opens in theaters in the Chicago area this coming Friday. I'll give you a full review on the movie then, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to give it a great review. Uh, it's charming. It's colorful. It's beautiful. It's a lovely story. Uh, outside of the Oompa Loompas, the other characters that you know from the original movie aren't there because they haven't happened yet. You know, that whole thing hasn't happened yet. This is the how Willy Wonka came to be story. So what one of the things that we do learn is how the Oompa Loompas came into Willy Wonka's life. And the Oompa Loompa in this movie is hilariously played by Hugh Grant through special effects. He appears to be only about a foot tall. Uh, and is adorable and is scene-stealing. But uh, it's a lovely, lovely movie, and it's perfect for the whole family. I'm going to give it a super high. I don't know if I'm going to give it an A. or I may wind up giving this one an A+, plus because there's a lovely moral to the story. Uh, you know, it's more than just a, a, a nice movie. It's, it's really great. And uh, I was happy to uh, be chosen uh, to be invited to be among the very, very few that sat down one-on-one -on -one with Timothy Chalamet himself, uh, talking about the making of the new movie, Wonka. We just see a whole new side of you with this one. I mean, we got a little taste when you were hosting SNL. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Song and Dance Man now. Yeah. What, was that the, the most challenging part of this? Yeah, it, was, it felt like going back to my roots in some ways. My mother was, is a dance teacher. My grandmother danced on Broadway. Um, I come from a performing arts family, but the movies I've been doing are much more, you know, uh, more serious. Yeah, serious. Yeah, uh, yeah. But this is a serious movie, but it's but it's joyful and it's generous, and yeah. there's song and dance and it's playful, and that's uh, been unlike what I've been doing. So I had to learn to sort of go full circle with yeah. how I've always been, I guess. Uh, there's so much excitement and anticipation <laughs> on my social media. Yeah, just talking about being here for all yeah. of this. Uh, people are so excited about seeing this character again, mm -hmm. uh, the Gene Wilder version, the Johnny Depp version, now yours. Mm -hmm. How do you com how, how do you p place yours with the others? I don't know. I think this is the companion piece to the Gene Wilder film. You know, that's how Paul King talks about it. This uh, the pure imagination numbers in this movie, like like the seventy one version, but. Um, those are two films I'm, you know, massively admiring of, you know, and uh, 
they're just wonderfully bold. This isn't the story of Willy Wonka, as we know in those films, who's sort of lost his mind and looking to give his factory away. This is the story of a young Willy Wonka full of dreams, hasn't realized any of them yet, yeah. without friends, without support. It's kind know? of cool, though, because you know, the, you know how it winds up. Yeah, so, exactly. Watching your version, it's yeah. like, oh, that's going to be this. Yes, and that's going to be this. And Paul like little was, Easter eggs. Exactly, that's the word I was going to use. Yeah. Paul just sprinkled those Easter eggs yeah. throughout. What do you think the the magic is of Willy Wonka? Why is he so beloved and so captivating all these years? Because I think he's an adult that refuses to grow up, and uh, at least in well, I guess in this version too, you know, someone who's in touch with their inner child that won't take no for an answer and uh, who sees the world through the lens of, the, of eyes that dream. And uh, it's so easy to feel like things are corny and cliched now and, and cringe and, you know, and that vocabulary is so common and it's somehow become stranger to dream and be sincere and yeah. open. Yeah. I was surprised to learn that you had very few scenes with Hugh Grant. Yeah. Because his is almost all motion capture. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was that like for you? You probably oh, man. spent more time with him here than uh, yeah. during the filming of the movie. Well, that's true. You know, it was, it was strange because there was a tennis ball and a stand that I was acting with. But they filmed <laughs> what he was doing after, uh, you know, each take they would film what he was doing so I could watch on a monitor on a, uh, you know, and uh, on a screen. This new movie with Timothy Chalamet, who makes a great Willy Wonka, by the way, uh, comes out next Friday. I will have more of my interview with uh, Timothy Chalamet this coming week on WGN-TV Morning News. Friday, give you my full review of the movie. Already told you how much I love it. Uh, on Bob Surratt show on Friday morning. Uh, and uh, also on WGN-TV Morning News. Coming up after our news now, my review of something else that I absolutely loved, the world premiere of the musical Boop, the Betty Boop musical. And our weekend theater segment, what is going on on stage in Chicago? Only a world premiere musical over at the CIBC Theater in Chicago, Boop. The Betty Boop Musical, directed by two-time Tony winner Jerry uh, Mitchell. Music by the great David Foster, who we talked to here on the program uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had a fantastic uh, conversation with him. We got an early preview of some of the songs from the show, like this one, Where I Want to Be, which is one of the uh, premier songs in the movie. Uh, in the uh, play, rather. And this past Wednesday, over at the CIBC Theater, was the official opening of Boop, the Betty Boop musical. And I cannot rave enough about it. If you're looking for something uh, that's just really big and bold and spectacular and joyous, uh, I can't recommend this show enough. Now, some of you will remember the 1930s black-and-white animated character Betty Boop uh, Betty was, and, and in many ways still is, a very popular, uh, you know, animated uh, character. But to see them take this uh, black and white animated character and transform it live in front of you on stage into a full color, spectacular musical is uh, the, the the genius of what director Jerry Mitchell does. 
It's so creative and uh, mind-blowing to see it all, uh, to, to follow the story of uh, Betty, who is living in the black-and-white world, and transformed. She wants more than more out of life than just being a cartoon icon. Uh, and through a variety of things that happen in the show, I won't give out any spoilers in it, winds up in modern-day New York City, and ironically enough, at a Comic-Con, uh, where you would expect to see Betty Boop uh, you know, caricatures and uh, uh, merchandise, etc., um, and you know, and it's the story of her trying to get on and and find herself in this uh, life, in this uh, modern day life. Uh, now, I I just thought this was one of the most creative shows that I had seen in a very 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 long time. It stars Jasmine Amy Rogers playing Betty, uh, Ainsley Anthony Mellum as Dwayne. Uh, kind of her love interest in this whole show. And another standout in this outstanding cast is Angelica Hale, who plays uh, a young teenager uh, that she meets at this Comic-Con uh, who has a powerful voice. All the performances in the show are over the top, so fantastic. Uh, the ensemble, the songs, the dances, uh, the David Foster music, uh, in this show is more than memorable uh, as well in the show uh, is truly spectacular and um, i can't i cannot recommend the show uh, more than enough now this is in you know what they call a pre-broadway tryout it is going to be headed to new york next year and uh, you know there could be a, a few little minor changes uh, here and there uh, I, I think that the changes really are that need to happen are minor. Uh, I didn't find really any faults with the show. I was ear to ear grinning when I left the theater on Wednesday night. I had just such a fun time. It's colorful. It's beautiful. It's joyous. Uh, and uh, I'm not one of these critics that, you know, wants to come in and tell you how this is how I would do the show. It's not about what I would do if I were, you know, doing the show, which honestly, I don't know that I could have done a better job than Jerry Mitchell and David Foster with this. But I can tell you what I saw on that stage was top notch in every way and so entertaining and so enjoyable. I cannot recommend the show to you enough. So it's going to be playing at the CIBC Theater downtown until uh, December the 24th. Tickets are available at Broadway in Chicago. Dot com Highly recommend it. I want to play one more song from the show uh, that is uh, kind of the, one of the heart-touching uh, showstoppers in the second act that uh, Betty, Betty Boop, uh, sings. Uh, Jasmine Amy Rogers, who is such a standout in this cast. And uh, a little clip from our interview with David Foster from a couple of weeks ago introducing it all well I, I i like that song a lot it's it's um not unlike the whitney celine sort of songs that i that i did back in the day and you know there's not really a place per se at least on top 40 radio there's not a place for those kind of songs today but i think uh, on the stage in broadway i think there is still a place to uh you know show the audience that uh, this girl obviously she's a great singer jasmine and um it's a powerful song and and i think it'll i think it'll do well I just felt like when I was watching 
the world premiere performance of Boop, the Betty Boop, Boop musical that I was watching theater history because this Jasmine Amy Rogers is absolutely going to be a superstar. And uh, if you want something that's super entertaining, incredible performances, uh, go see this uh, production. It's only here until December 24th. It's headed to Broadway next after this. And you can get tickets at broadwayinchicago.com. Also just opened in the Chicago area, Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Our Weekend Theater segment continues. Uh, We've got so many holiday productions that are going on in the Chicago area right now. Uh, So many productions of A Christmas Carol. Uh, Nutcracker Suites are popping up in theaters uh, everywhere. Uh, It's a Wonderful Life, the second longest-running holiday stage production uh, in the history of Chicago theater put on by our friends at American Blues Theater. In fact, they're going to be here with us next week. Uh, kind of an annual visit. We're looking forward to that, but that's going on. But also going on right now is Straw Dogs production of Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Uh, as uh, Adam Sandler in his classic song uh, welcomes in and joining us is the director, Noah Elman. Noah, very nice to have you with us. Hello. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me, Dean. Great to be here. Thank you very much. I, I love uh, that uh, we've got so much diversity in our holiday productions uh, around the Chicago area. That's got to be uh, part of the reason why uh, you want it to be part of this project as well. Absolutely. I think it's such a special tradition. I mean, this is Straw Dogs' uh, sixth year with this show. It's first year for me with the show, but I think it's such a special part of the holiday tradition now. I mean, as I, you know, you just said, we have we have Christmas Carol, we have Nutcracker, we know we can see these every year, and I mean, they're incredible. The Goodman's production just amazing. But it's important to see to see that you know everyone in the world celebrates this winter time differently, and uh, I'm glad to be a part of that. Yeah, maybe this year more than most. It's good to absolutely that we're uh, you know able to show that uh, you know we have more to celebrate than we do to. Uh, you know, disagree and and hate each other for. So, tell us a, a little bit about Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Uh, what what is it, what so, is the story about? So, it's uh, Herschel and the Hanukkah, Hanukkah Goblins is uh, based on a picture book by Eric Kimmel uh, that was written uh, in 1989, and that in turn is based on this character Herschel of Ostropol, which is this lovely folk hero from Eastern Europe. Uh, and this specific story is about uh, Herschel uh, tricking the the eight goblins who are uh, making sure that Hanukkah can't happen uh, in this town of Helm. And so uh, he goes up to the synagogue, and night by night, he a new goblin appears, and he he tricks them and sends them away and, and saves Hanukkah. And and the beautiful thing about this show specifically is it has this wonderful rapper of this traveling troupe who goes around telling the story to young folks and families all over and and they happen to be this year in chicago so it's a wonderful little wrapper on the story that uh, it's just it's really wonderful that's really nice uh one of the other things uh, that's nice about this show is that tickets are free for the show it does require advanced registration but uh it's a show it's a show that anybody can come and see right yeah, they're totally free tickets. It's a very important part of Straw Dog's mission to offer free tickets, especially for this show, uh, so that anyone, no matter what, what the uh, economic situation is, they can celebrate with us uh, and enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, it's playing through December 23rd 
at the Chicago Loop Synagogue at 16 South uh, Clark Street in Chicago, uh, Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. Uh, and Sundays. Yeah, thir- Thursdays, Saturdays, and two shows on Sundays. Oh, Thursdays, yeah. Saturdays, and Sundays, of course. Uh, and if you want uh, more information, you can, and, and you do have to uh, advance register for the free tickets, go to strawdog.org, I think is correct, right? Yes, that is correct. Yes, please get your tickets in advance. Uh, one of the beautiful things about having a free show is we get lots of people coming down. So, yeah, definitely get tickets in advance if you can. Yeah, very good. Tell me a little bit more about uh, straw dog and uh, the kinds of things uh, that they have been doing and are looking forward to doing. Yeah, so straw dog, I mean, it's, it's such an important company in the history of Chicago. It's been making work for so long uh, and is sort of uh, in this uh, moment of rebirth, I think, as so many theater companies are, uh, and, f- you know, finding the path forward, uh, which is wonderful. They're looking to produce more uh, in the in throughout this year. But I think the beautiful sort of tying the ties of the past to the present and then the future is this this play of Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins because it's been running for so many years now um, that it sort of brings Straw Dog from where it was to where it will be as they continue to produce other work uh, throughout Chicago. Yeah. You said this is the sixth annual production of the show? Yeah. Correct. This is the sixth annual. I, I'm very lucky to be joining as the director for the first time, but this script, uh, which it was written by Mike Daly, who was the former artistic director of Straw Dog, um, has, yeah, has just continued over years and years and years and has continued to do well. I mean, it's, it's a new holiday tradition here in Chicago. Yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, great. As I said, we have so many uh, you know, productions that are going on, you know, mostly a Christmas Carol and Nutcracker, which is fine. Uh, you know, there people want to come and see you know certain traditions every year, but I love that there are new things every year uh, that have uh, popped up like this. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life adaptation that American Blues Theater does, which is an old time radio adaptation of the famous movie, and now that has become a, a bit of a Chicago tradition. So. Uh, let's put Herschel and the Hanukkah goblins in that same category then. So it, absolutely. What do you what do you know about the the uh, the history of people coming to see the show? I would imagine you must have audiences of all backgrounds that come and see this, right? Yeah, it really is from all backgrounds. I mean, it is a very special show for so many people, but I think at, at the heart of it, right, the message of the story is sort of. Um, uh, something that is true of so much uh, Jewish work in Yiddish theater uh, is is finding joy and celebration in, in when there is oppression. I mean, in the case of this, it's a sort of fantastical oppression of these goblins, but it's such a universal message that anyone can understand. So, you know, we've seen people in years past, but, uh, but in this year especially, I've been seeing so many people coming in, uh, so many people who have personal connections to the story, right? Who like myself, who read this uh, book growing up, but also people who have, know nothing about it and find that same joy and and in, in celebrating uh, who we are and and how we find joy. Like you said, it's you know it's important right now that we find ways to find commonalities and uh, and learn how to celebrate together in this, in this hard time. So. Um, it really is a universal message that I think works for everyone, whether or not you know the story or have a connection to it. Yeah, tell me a little about your cast with this uh, show. 
I mean, uh, just I'm so lucky to have this uh, amazing cast uh, uh, of, uh, of, of quite a lot of newcomers to the Chicago uh, area. So th- they've just been absolutely wonderful. We have these uh, uh, six members of the troupe. Amanda Giles is our is our Herschel this year. They're just absolutely fabulous as the ringleader. Uh, of these six members of the the group, and they play all the characters. These these six actors play themselves, but they also play all the goblins and uh, puppeteer all the goblins. All the goblins are, are puppets in this show. They also play villagers and they play innkeepers, and and it's a lot of bouncing around. And in addition, we have three of the cast members who are at all times playing instruments on stage. So they are not only performing and. Uh, you know, inhabiting these goblins, but also we have a live clarinet, a live guitar, and a live fiddle on stage to play the music by Jacob Combs. Uh, it, it's just fabulous. I mean, really, really incredible work yeah, I didn't, uh, from all of them. I've been so lucky. I didn't know that uh, puppets were uh, a part of all of this, because that makes it extra special, doesn't it? And it makes it uh, even more accessible to younger audiences, uh, you know, to engage them with uh, what's going on on the stage at the same time, and Absolutely. all all, I mean, of, a, all of the music—it's just really like all-around entertainment. Yeah, it's a family show. I mean, we have uh, part of the way we set up the space is to have these pillows towards the front to have children sit and be really part of the action. And every performance I've seen so far, the the front row is just filled with kids who are just absolutely glued. Um, and yeah, it's full of music and, and puppets and dancing and singing. It, it's really wonderful. And, and I'll just I'll mention one specific moment. There's a moment where our Herschel towards the beginning does this beautiful magic trick um, and r- reveals a piece of gelt from behind or a piece of gold from behind the ear of one of the children. And, and one of the nights I was able to see it on our opening night. Uh, I, I watched the little girl who had the, the gold pulled from behind her ear, and she turned around and faced her, her grandparents sitting just a couple rows back, and the absolute just jaw-dropped expression on oh, her face. That's, that's what we're seeing from so many children right now. That's so great. That's so great. I love that. Uh, it's called Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. It's performed Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays at the Chicago Loop Synagogue, 16 South Clark Street in Chicago. Uh, Tickets are free to the show, but advanced registration is required by going to strawdog.org, strawdog.org. And uh, the director, Noah Elman, uh, joining us here to uh, tell us about it. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, Noah, and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, we've got uh, great stuff going on on stage in Chicago. If you ever have questions about it, feel free to drop me a note uh, on uh, you know uh, social media, uh, on uh, any of our email addresses that we have. Happy to answer whatever questions that we've got for you. Now, we've got Hamp and OB coming up uh, right after uh, news update. Uh, so stand by for that. I will see you tomorrow morning between 8 and 8.30 on Bob Surratt Show, as always. I'm going to be talking more about uh, Boop, the Betty Boop musical on Bob's show tomorrow morning. But we've got quite a lineup for you throughout the week on the WGN-TV morning news and also on Bob's show as well. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be talking with some of the stars of the sixth and final season of The Crown that you've enjoyed so much. Imelda Stoughton, who plays Queen Elizabeth, uh, will be my guest, and also Dominic West, who plays Prince Charles. 
Uh, also, uh, later in the week, we have Emma Stone talking about her uh, very uh, controversial and thought-provoking new movie called Poor Things. On Thursday, Timothy Chalamet talks to us more about his movie Wonka. And on my weekly cooking segment on television, I'm going to be making, inspired by the Willy Wonka movie, I'm going to be making uh, some very easy-to-make chocolate. I hope you can uh, be tuning in for all that. Hope you have a wonderful Sunday.